Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this evening, Jeff Marin and Mike Shuchuk. Now, Jeff, you may remember from a few episodes back, he wanted to come on the show again following this immense challenge which he undertook with Mike. That is to run 48 miles in 48 hours. That's the David Goggins 4x4x48 challenge. And I thought it'd be a great idea to uh, catch those guys on the tail end of their challenge and hear all about it. Now, as you might imagine, it's it's a challenge, of course, but it's it's something more than just running. You know, there's there's something about the discipline. There's something about the consistency, the follow through, uh, and all that that goes into it. So they they were really very open. I think they were a little bit a little bit out of their minds, so to speak. But well, that's great. We wanted that rawness and. Uh, you know, they limped in and they sat down and we talked for a long time about what it takes to do that sort of thing. So it was it was a lot of fun. And they're inspirational to me. Uh, they're hardworking guys, but they're also, in a sense, the everyman. And it's uh, the idea that anybody can undertake any kind of challenge as long as anybody out there is willing to push themselves. So that's, that's what I took away from it. Had a lot of fun, had some laughs, um, learned a lot along the way. You know, what else would you want from a podcast? So Please stay hard and enjoy my conversation with Jeff Marin and Mike Shuchuk. Cheers, gentlemen. I'm glad to see you here on, the, on the other side. <laughs> Beautiful. Appreciate the effort. There we go. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Jeff Marin, Mike Shuchuk, you made it. The 50-mile challenge. You made it. Survived. <laughs> Not that it matters. I'm proud of you, though, for whatever it's worth. <laughs> Appreciate that. I don't think I could have done it, but how are we feeling today? Um... Honestly, aside from my left foot is just sore right. just because the rest of me feeling pretty good. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty groggy. I'm a little out of it. Right. So I don't know what I might say tonight. <laughs> all right. um, my right foot is, is a little messed up, but it kind of got messed up the week before the challenge. Right. And it's just kind of continued to be messed up and got more messed up as the weekend progressed. But you pushed, but, pushed through it. Yeah. But the rest of me is... Feeling pretty good. My knees feel good. Hips feel good. Everything else is not too bad. Mike? Yeah. Well, uh, definitely brain fog. Like today's felt like, I, I was telling Jeff earlier, it feels like that first 15 minutes when you wake up, mm-hmm. you know, like if someone were to ask you a math question, you're like, <laughs> give, Get give, out. Me, give me a bit. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I, that hasn't really gone away, but yeah, the knee and the, the, the left knee, the left foot, they're they're blown right up. But you know, aside mm. from that, you know, I'm I'm surprised how good I feel. Yeah. So just explain. I'll probably do it in the intro, but you guys, from your mouth, what is the challenge? Like, what is the, What are the parameters here that we had to go through? Well, Jeff brought it to the table, so why don't you explain, Jeff? You got me into this. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you you know what you volunteered to participate. I didn't do any coercion or any such thing, but. The challenge itself came about, uh, there's a gentleman whose name is David Goggins. He's a pretty famous, um, I guess, in the motivational space, former Navy SEAL, right. 
uh, long distance runner, etc. And he does a yearly challenge mm -hmm. where he has people run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. If you can't do that, he's like, hey, that's fine. The mm -hmm. purpose is just to push yourself to do right. what you can. So if it's just doing some form of exercise, a walk, um, weight training, mm -hmm. bicycle, whatever you can do, just do something uh, for 45 minutes to an hour every four hours for 48 hours. So I had started running again because I just wanted, you know, the whole COVID thing. You're mm -hmm. kind of a little stir crazy. Yep. And the gyms were all closed. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop just complaining and, and whining about it. I'm just going to start going for runs in the morning before work. Even though it was pretty cold out when I first started, I didn't choose the best time. It was like <laughs> minus 34 when I first yeah. started up again. I'm like, this was a mistake. <laughs> so I was running for about, I want to say 10 days. And I saw his challenge coming up. He was doing a promo for it on Instagram. I was like, man, I should do something like that. You know, it's been a long time since I've done something you know, really hard, you know, in the sense mm. of, uh, of my own volition, you know, sure. we kind of talked before about my work situation previously where I was working, you know, 300 hours a month and all that nice. kind of craziness. But you know, that's not necessarily of your own volition. You kind mm. of have certain things you have to do. Whereas like, I feel it's been a while since I've done something just on my own, just because do something hard, just because I want to do something hard to mm. push myself mm -hmm. uh, more yeah. so mentally than even physically. Yeah. So I started in my mind like, hey, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do this. And I didn't really tell anyone. I told my sister. I told my wife. And then the week before, I think it was the Friday before, the Friday a week before it started, I told Mike, I was like, hey, Mike, I'm probably going to die next weekend. So he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, I'm going to do the Goggins 4x4x4day challenge. And he just kind of laughed. He looks at me. He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. He's like, you're not going to finish. <laughs> How supportive of you, Mike. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, and, I, like, I, I was fresh off a challenge coming out of December, so I kind of knew the struggle a little bit. So I was, I knew what it was, it was like as someone who runs often, you know, a semi-seasoned runner. So, um, you know, <laughs> I just... Almost my maternal instincts almost kicked in. I'm like, don't, you're going to hurt yourself. So for some context on, on Mike's side, he had done a challenge where he started out um, when the lockdowns were reimposed December 11th. Mm. And he said, I'm going to run five kilometers every day until the four weeks when they're supposedly going to be up. Okay. And then he had a buddy, right? You take yeah. it away. You had a buddy that jumped on board. It ended up being a lot more than five. Yeah, because he jumped on board, and then I started noticing he was putting in more kilometers after the first week, and we kind of had a back and forth, and it, it, you know, we pretty much threw down the gauntlet of like, okay, let's let's see who can do the most kilometers after uh, twenty-eight days here, right? And it just turned into it. A, a, an absolute shit show. <laughs> I mean, How so? Oh, Christmas, New Year's. Oh no. Christmas Eve, Boxing Day. I was running, you know, and and we were, you know, it was really similar to when Joe Rogan did kind of the, um, the heart rate. Um, Sober October. Yeah, and because they had no cap, there was no. Right. This is what you have to do every day. It was pretty much just twenty four hours a day living in fear of 
what this guy was going to do. And he's a professional heavyweight boxer. So, you know, I'm not a professional athlete. And, you know, my my whole thing was, he's got 30 pounds on me. He'll break. Right. But, you know, these guys get punched in the face for a living. You know, they don't break. Right. He was also in his off season, so he didn't have any work. His gym was closed, so he didn't have anything else to do with his time at the moment. Yeah, (laughs) he pretty much woke up, I think, ready to destroy me every single day and he did and he you know what to be fair when we threw down the gauntlet he said uh he said mike if if you break it's not my fault whoa <laughs> so that's a little bit of psychological warfare oh, yeah, off the top yeah, there yeah he he's the kind of guy too that's very you know he can he can really you know toss that comment with a smile on his face <laughs> you know he's friendly jolly guy but he's very seriously competitive and you know it got crazy we were doing almost a half marathon a day for there was a four-day stretch i think where we put in 80 kilometers which is what we did in this challenge and there was just no end to it and you know i think by the final week i kind of just i tapped out Mm -hmm. he kind of tapped out to treadmills and i just said i'm i'm gonna just do the 5k and after that i didn't run like until jeff kind of uh came back at me with this i was like well i better get some runs in that kind of prep yeah um you know with a week to go um but yeah knowing what i went through there and him kind of saying yeah you know with very little running under my belt i'm gonna take on this challenge i just i knew what i had been through and i was i was worried for him (laughs) but being me um it kind of you know, he planted that seed in my mind, and I think it was only a day or two later, I'm like, fuck you, man, I'm doing it with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, before we go too far, I want to know, where does that come from? Like, Jeff, you're saying you wanted to do something that was hard just because it was hard, mm-hmm. and you knew what it was going to be like, and you still did it. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you guys? Or where does that come from? <laughs> you might have to ask our wives. <laughs> yeah, they married us. They must do yeah. something in there. Well, um, I, th- I think there's a lot of truth in the sentiment that if you can make yourself do hard things, it leads to leading, like living a more disciplined life mm-hmm. and being able to accomplish more because you get a better understanding of mentally how hard you can push yourself. Yeah. So when things in your life seem hard, if mm-hmm. you force yourself to do really hard stuff, that you don't actually need to do, but you're just like, I'm going to do this just because okay. it helps you when you're facing tough things in your life in knowing that, Hey, I can face this and I can mm-hmm. overcome it, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. So I think there's a lot of validity to just every so often just making yourself do some hard stuff. I also yeah. think it makes you a better person. And this is just my own, obviously opinions coming out here. Sure. A lot of people may disagree, but I think if you are someone that is consistently, you know, every so often doing hard things, mm-hmm you develop an empathy for when people are going through struggle and you, and I think you learn mm. how to help them get through yeah, that struggle better than if you've never actually overcome Interesting. on your own. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of why you jumped in then, Mike, because you, like you said, you knew exactly what was going to, he was up against yeah. and he needed that support. He need, needed someone to take that challenge on with him. Yeah. And you know, uh, the gentleman who created this challenge, David Goggins, phenomenal book, you know, we've got to give a shout out to, can't hurt me I mean it's it's an amazing book his kind of biography um, and one of the concepts in there he talks about the cookie jar and anyone that was watching my my Instagram stories might be like why is why does Mike keep talking about a cookie jar <laughs> and you know the concept is that you if I remember correctly I might butcher it but 
you know, you, you fill your cookie jar with challenging things and things that mm. you've overcome, okay. uh, things that you maybe, I didn't know if I could finish this challenge, neither did Jeff. We were curious to find out. Um, but you, you put things in your path that challenge you, stretch you, um, take you to places you didn't know you could go, mm. whether it's mentally or physically. And every time you do that, you put a cookie in the cookie jar. Mm. And when you face adversity, maybe it's in relationships, right. um, you know, um, something totally irrelevant, mm -hmm. but you know what it takes to, to go through the struggle and then to recover from the struggle. I mean, God knows like the, you know, today and tomorrow as we're going through kind of the, the swelling and the icing and the stretching right. that right. kind of comes on the recovery side, you know, there's a learning stage to that as well. Mm. And, um, you know, that's, that's just a cookie in the cookie jar. So when you, when you have these tough times, you have this cookie jar that you can reach into of mm -hmm. accomplishments and challenging things that you've overcome. And, um, those things can kind of fuel you for future mm -hmm. endeavors and they, they stretch you to a place you don't know that you can go. I mean, how regimented I was for the week leading up to this, because I, I knew the sleep. So I started making sure that I was like, okay, so we're probably going to be getting to sleep around 10, 10 30 with the, the runs being at nine. We're, we're running at five. So I started waking up at 430, mm. like I would be for the challenge. I'd wake up, I'd stretch uh, a couple days. I went for just a short run. Okay. Um, and then I go back to sleep and then uh -huh. I wake up. So I, I started kind of some of the sleep training. Mm. I started trying to eat my meals in the sequence that we would eat them, you know, in the, in the six run kind of cycle of the day. And, um, you know, all those things kind of led up and cause I figured if, if I could prepare for the eating, the sleeping, mm -hmm. it would make the running just that much easier. Mm. Right. So, um, but that's the thing, you, you know, you put this challenge in front of you. I would have never gotten to that point of every 15 minutes of my day for the last like 10 days has been completely regimented and mapped mm. out. And that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for this challenge. Right. And it, it mm. took me to this different level. And I mean, <laughs> you know, Jeff put that in front of me and it, yeah, it was weird. It, it, that's why I kind of say, sucker he pulled me into this and he goes no i didn't do anything but you know uh he just opened the door yeah exactly but it's uh it's good to do these things and i think people that are going through things it's important to find a way to challenge yourself if you're going right. through something there's and i mean even the the 5k running challenge that i did in december came from a place of this lockdown is going to it might break me mentally. We're locking down again. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it came from. I went, you know what? I need something that I can control that I can overcome to get me through another lockdown because right. this is getting ridiculous. And I think we all feel, uh, oh, yeah. probably relate to that sentiment. Right. Yeah. So, so. so uh, I'm curious, uh, the first run was probably just the adrenaline and the novelty you probably got through the first four miles fairly, fairly easily. The funny thing about our runs was that we, our times actually improved from the first run, each run to the fifth run. Yeah. We got faster and faster each run. What, okay. So what do you, why, how, how is that possible? Uh, I think you guys are in way better condition than you let on. Uh, I, I don't, I think it was just, uh, we kind of got the mindset after the first run because the first run's at 9 PM Friday night. Okay. Then the second one is at 1 AM. 
Saturday morning and then 5 a.m. Saturday morning. Oh God, yeah. And we just kind of got to this thing where we're like, hey, let's just try to buzz through this faster because the sooner we get done, the more rest we're gonna get in yeah. between the next one. True, yeah. Without now, exerting, like, you know, you, you don't wanna be completely crushing no. And then leaving yourself wiped out. Yeah, is... we weren't setting any personal records. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I was going to ask, like, what clip are you running these these four milers? So at? the first one was about forty five minutes. Yeah. Okay. And what we were doing was actually, this is another, you know, just part of our psyche, I guess. Mike brought it up. He said, "Hey, what sounds better, forty eight miles? Because that's what the challenge <laughs> oh, is. <yeah. laughs> You know, yeah, four miles sure. every four hours for 48 hours mm-hmm. adds up to 48 miles over the weekend. He said, what sounds better, 48 or 50? Yeah. <laughs> and you're thinking, you bastard. So <laughs> we, we calculated how much extra we would need to do for each run right. to mm-hmm. hit 50 miles over the course of the weekend. Yep. So we were running at a 45-mile pace or 45-minute uh, pace for the, the challenge. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second run was... Like yeah, 44. I have the first four here. It's okay. 45, 15. Number two is 43, 45. Uh, next one was 42, 35. The number four was 42, 38. And then uh, number five was 40 minutes. Number six was 38 minutes. So we were, we were hold, climbing. Hold on, hold on. That yeah, was, my, th- that my was number nice. six was 38. So, <laughs> you know, an, another thing within this weekend is, is I had a, a commitment uh, for an event mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Right, oh, really? That I had to partake in. So I had to do a modified <laughs> schedule. Oh. So what I ended up having to do is on Saturday, instead of running at 1, 5, 9, mm-hmm. I had to run at one, four, and seven, and then one a.m. Right. Because I had an event that sure. I had to attend. Oh boy. In between that, mm-hmm. so I had to shorten my gaps between my runs Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon to be able to keep my commitment to this uh, prior event, mm-hmm. and then but still <laughs> do my time for the the challenge. But by that time. I was starting to feel it in my, my foot, my right foot. Okay. Yeah. Like I mentioned, it was hurting the weekend before that. Mm-hmm. So I just did walks throughout the week leading up to the challenge to try to give it a bit of a rest, see sure. if it could recover. But even after the first run, it was already starting to kind of, you know, feel it pretty good. And by the time I got to the sixth one, I'm like, well, I'm going by myself, so I don't need to try to keep pace with Mike, who's you know, a, a superior runner to me at this stage of the game for sure. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to use this time to try and give my foot a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. I've got two runs that I need to do on my own. Right. Try and get a bit of a break on it, not so much impact. So I slowed down on my 6-1 from uh, like 40 minutes to 58 minutes. Okay, really slowed down. I walked down. for part of that, Okay. Yeah. And then I was basically in that mode for the rest of them because uh, I think the n- next fastest one I did was 52 minutes was the fastest one I did through the rest of my time. My last walk um, was a minute and ele- or an hour and 11 minutes because I could only run so far before my foot was like, hey, go screw yourself. <laughs> and I had to just walk <laughs> okay. uh, for parts and kind of alter between a walk and a run. But Mike, on the other hand, was going... Uh, Super Saiyan, I believe. Is that Dragon Ball Z? Is that yeah. your, 
<laughs> your reference, you the, nerd. D- the darks, the, the, my dark place, I, I call it. Yeah, it was, um, I think one, the first 1 a.m., because the, ni- the 9 p.m., like on the first night was, you know, was, I, I think we were both a little stiff, you know, when you're kind of leading up to something like this. You don't yep. run right up until. Sure. Um, you know, um, in previous races, one of the um, regimens that I would typically do is I'll do kind of a shakeout run. Okay. So on race day, a lot of times you'll wake up, you'll just run like a kilometer or something. Oh, yeah. Just kind of gets everything attuned, you mm. know, um, get up, gets all the muscles activated. Um, and I think I had done one on Thursday, but I mean, it doesn't really prepare you. So, you know, we did the 9 p.m. and it was, it was all right. Um, the 1 p.m., like we popped out of bed, or the, sorry, the 1 a.m., on the first night, you know, cause we went to sleep for about two hours, woke up, you know, kind of, what was that moment? Like that first, that first 1am wake up, it was good. Yeah. Like we both were kind of, cause you're, you're amped up, right? You're I guess. excited. Yeah. Um, fortunately, like I was, I felt, I don't know about Jeff. I felt sleep trained enough that like I got to sleep pretty good. Okay. Um, I felt good. We kind of woke up, you know, we kind of like locked eyes, you know, as we, got to the kitchen cause we had set up a base camp for this and, uh, we were kind of like, you good? Oh yeah, I'm good. We, you know, we got out and got after it. Um, and that 1am was good. The 5am, <laughs> bo- both 5ams were the toughest. Interesting. And we, I don't know how scientific it is, but the theory I think that we both have is you're, you're jarring your body into waking up at 1am mm-hmm. and so your body kind of goes, oh, I guess we're getting up. Something must be happening. You right. know, that kind of primal instinct going, okay, cortisol, fight or flight, let's fight. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So like 1 a.m., we were both like, woo, let's get it. You know, <laughs> we're cruising. Right on. Then you get back. You've got cortisol pumping through your veins, and it was hard for me to get to sleep. I think Jeff was probably about the same, and... That 5 a.m., that first 5 a.m. we woke up, we're like, this is different than the 1 a.m. Like, we were okay. <laughs> sluggish. We were not feeling it. Okay. Um, you know, it, it was painful. Um, <laughs> it was pretty painful. Um, but, you know, when, once we got going, I think we were both pretty good. I don't know. I, I know yeah. I was, you probably totally. say the same. It was just yeah, that once... first kilometer was kind of rough. Yeah, it was funny because the, the 5 a.m. Cool. run on Saturday we were just dragging ass through the first mile. Right. And we still somehow put up a better time than the previous run hmm. because it's like we got the cobwebs shook out. Sure. Yeah. And we just started picking up the pace, picking up the pace. Mm-hmm. And I think we had like a 42 minute run on that one. Yep, 42.35. Um, and we just felt great. But then the 5 a.m. one, um, we got back from that, you know, after putting up that good pace Mm -hmm. and it was like when we got back, we still like, I don't know how we put up the pace, but we got back and we were like, Whoa, like (laughs) I feel like I've been awake for 36 hours right now. Interesting. We just kind of crashed out and got up again at at nine and yeah, the 9am we woke up and we were like, kind of looked at each other and it was almost like an instant recognition. Like, is it just me or did that feel like eight hours? And it was, we mm-hmm. slept for maybe, I think an hour I think 45 that one, maybe. That's the 1 a.m.s were the only run that we didn't really have a meal after. 
um, just to try and improve the sleep quality. Okay. But most of them we we had little meals after. We tried to right. You know, have small meals after every single one. We had a bit of variety. You know, a lot of like quick acting carbs and stuff like that. Pre run we had gels and really mm. condensed calories. Okay. Uh, but the one a.m.s no. Um, but we woke up for that first. 9am and we were just like oh man i feel rested i feel good to go the sun was up you know sure. that vitamin d's rolling in <laughs> it's still cold at 9am i think the 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 5am and the 9am's were the coldest even the 1am's it's still you know it's still cooling off from the daytime because we had great yeah. weather this weekend like we couldn't have asked for better you got conditions. lucky for sure so lucky like that 5pm saturday must have been a, a nice one that was a nice yeah. That I think that was the nicest run, hands down. It, the The Saturday forecast shifted on us though, because by the time we got to one uh, p.m., it was saying you might be getting rain. Like we kind of woke Ooh. up at yeah. about you know twelve thirty uh, after. Well, I don't know if we slept. We just kind of sometimes you know, especially during just the day, relaxed. we we just kind of went to our separate rooms. Mm -hmm. You know, Jeff was set up in his room and. You know, you kind of close your eyes. It's that thing where you don't know if you're sleeping or yep. not. Your brain kind of wanders and you're like, was that sleep? I don't nah, know. And then totally. the alarm goes and you're, um, but yeah, it, we look at the forecast and it was saying 90% chance of rain. And we're like, you know, running in the rain is not a problem, but we were a little worried about freezing. Well, the, what would happen to the sidewalks at night if it rained, right? right? They would just turn slick, black ice everywhere. Yeah. Um, makes makes for kind of dangerous running so uh, but it didn't hit us so that was good that was good news <laughs> and then yeah that that 5 5 p.m like you said was it's glorious it was balmy yeah. yeah i was you know i was basically just wearing a t-shirt out there probably could have rocked some shorts it was yeah. great yeah so was this as much of a challenge as you expected like was did it tax you did it push you as far as you thought it would because you're making it sound like you got through it pretty all right Maybe there's more more to say, I but I think the first twenty four hours we got we got through pretty well, and we were making you know we we were chattering quite a bit as we uh, especially in the first two runs you know there was a lot of talking <laughs> we're both talkers sure yeah even my wife she's like how much do you guys talk <laughs> <laughs> we're like eh, half the run um, but we kind of had a prediction that the the middle third would be the challenging okay side of things and especially the last half of that middle third would you know because there's there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. when once you start once the sun comes up on the last day right sure. um but uh yeah it i think it really got challenging I, you know me and jeff we ran different because you know life doesn't stop just because you're doing this running challenge True. so you know, yeah kudos to jeff he you know, I think his event was at eight thirty, and I think it ended up going till midnight. So he didn't really get sleep before oh, wow. that second one a.m. So yeah, I finished the seven <laughs> p.m. run because I had to shortchange it. I finished what should have been the nine p.m. run. I did it at seven p.m. Mm -hmm. Finished it at eight, and then had my event at eight thirty, and it wrapped up about midnight. And I kind of laid there for a little bit and then got up at one at 12.30 and got okay. ready for the 1 a.m. run. Ugh. And did you guys link back up on that 1 a.m. run again then? Yeah. Sort yeah. of. So yep. from then on, <laughs> we sort of linked up. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> we would kind of... I would usually get out the door a couple minutes before Mike. 
knowing that he's going to catch me at some point. Oh, interesting. And then we'll jog together for a couple minutes. And then, and then he'll just pass me and continue on <laughs> okay. and uh, leave me to stagger along <laughs> and finish after him. <laughs> Did you run the same loop the, every time? Every yes. time. Okay. Yeah. Was that helpful? Is that part of the challenge? Um, I there, found it helpful. Yeah. It, you, you know what to expect. You know sure. what leg you're at. Um, you know, we. You can also find the icy spots and know how to avoid them, unless you're. Well, right. yeah, Uh-oh. we'll get to that story. Wipeout story. <laughs> <laughs> At the perfect time, too. Um, but, I mean, we. I think we like. I had mapped out a few other options just in case we're like we both got to a point. You know, I'm I'm kind of a preparation guy. I'm always overly prepared. Sure. I don't know if. Uh, Jeff or myself showed you a picture of all the food prep and stuff that we had. I, had, I saw your schedule. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a big island just full of food. And oh, I even nice. had like, the just in case we want a little some, some cookie. We had Chips Ahoy cookies and nice. double stuffed golden Oreos and stuff like that. Just in case. Because sometimes <laughs> you just need a little happiness <laughs> in your mouth, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so um, to speak, yeah. But uh, yeah, where were we? Where, uh, the loop. Um, yeah, we decided to kind of stick with it the whole way i don't think we ever made a decision it was never anything that was like verbalized okay we just kept doing it did it for yeah. me it was good because you kind of develop different marker points so mm-hmm. for me sure. with my my foot kind of buggering up right i kind of knew like hey if i so what i ended up doing on the last half a dozen runs mm-hmm. is I would try to run for part of it to start and okay. cover as much ground as I could before my foot was just like, no, stop running right. or I'm just going to like fall off and <laughs> roll into the ditch somewhere. <laughs> so I knew the different markers. Well, if I get here, you know, that means I only need to walk for a mile and a half. Gotcha. If I can cover up to this point in the loop, mm-hmm. then that means I've only got a mile and a half left to walk. So if I can cover that first two or two and a half miles as quickly as I can, then I can still get back at a decent time, but save my foot on the back end of mm-hmm. that particular leg and still be able to get a decent amount of rest in between. Gotcha. So for those of us who know Edmonton, could you describe the loop or roughly the, the location of it? It's pretty much, uh, is it 30th Ave? I believe yeah. in, in Allard. So oh, okay, south side. Pull it up on the map. Yeah, so we did, um, we would start, um, you know, we, we had base camp at my place, um, and we, we would do this little kind of loop, um, and then, yeah, 30th Ave. So just off James Moet, we would mm-hmm. pretty much rip down 30th Ave. Um, it eventually takes you to a, a dealership, um, and we would go just before where the dealership was, and there was a post that kind of served it as a, halfway point you know it was the turnaround spot so okay. it always felt good to just slap that post <laughs> nice. i think that was you know a, a big part of it like jeff said you had these mental markers and we never had a discussion around hey do you want to maybe change up the route you know do something different mm-hmm. um i think the main thing too for us too is it was for the most part flat it's actually crazy looking back at our stravas and stuff like that looking at the elevation that we gained uh, cause there was a lot, but I really? mean, you run that much, you're going to gain elevation. Hmm. Um, but there were no Hills that were just like, it's probably a good call. You know, I made here that comes explicit Widowmaker. point <laughs> yeah. to Mike when he was mapping on the trails. Like, Hey, 
when you're mapping out yeah. our, our run paths, mm. don't have any hills yeah. in there. Like I'm no like, widow makers. I'm, <laughs> I'm like kind of mentally ready to do this challenge, but like, I don't know if I can handle hills as well. Like, right. A hill would give me break a, you a year or two or a couple times oh, yeah. of doing this challenge before we throw hills into yeah. the mix here. Yeah. Yeah. So how many, how many uh, kilometers is four miles? You know, offhand? 6.4. 6.4. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's one, 1. 1.6 kilometers per one mile, pretty much. Because, yeah. It ended up being 80 kilometers yeah. over the weekend. Right. Because you guys did add the extra bit on each run to get mm -hmm. to 50. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. So we basically did in 45 hours, we yeah. did 80 kilometers. So was and there was never a moment where you where you were you were gonna bail out. It sounds like, but it sounds like Saturday night was getting a bit dire, and then the sun comes a, up Sunday, and you think you can see the end in sight. And I would say I had a couple of moments mm -hmm. where I was like, "Man, I don't." And I tried to not like verbalize it too much. Right. Yeah, Jeff. I probably was, still complained a little bit more than I should have, but I. I don't know about that. I I think you know my wife and I got to behold Jeff's like resilience. Yeah. There was, I can't remember what stage it was at where it must have been, I think it was when you went off because his event was kind of virtual and he kind of went off to his his room there and Michelle kind of looked at me and said like, is he hurting? I'm like, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's, he's showing how much he's <laughs> yeah. actually hurting. Like, you know, Jeff's not uh, really, I've never known him to be a whiner or a complainer. Okay. Um, but there's a. I mean, we've worked together. We've known each other for long enough that I'm like, I, I knew he was hurting. Um, I'm kind of an advice guy, sometimes <laughs> unsolicited. <laughs> so I, tr sure. I, I tried my best to temper, you know, trying to, hey, man, you should ice it. You should like, mm -hmm. and just let him do what he needed to do uh, to kind of work through it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think I didn't actually see his ankle until... Sunday, Sunday morning, morning. Yeah. and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I took a picture, um, and I mean, he was smuggling a baseball in there. Like, it, it Is it was, bad still? Yeah. It's not ideal. Like. <laughs> Let's so get when, it up on the table. It's not ideal. It's bad. <laughs> okay. So was it was the foot and the ankle, the whole... Uh, it's kind of like, you know when you have your ankle bone? Sure, yeah. Right below there, and kind of... Uh, a three inch by two inch kind of space kind of running from there up the, the side of the foot and then, you know, kind of down to the bottom of it. So, and this pain started, well, it started even before the challenge you said. Yeah, it started the weekend before and I thought originally like, you know, it's just cause I've been running a lot the right. last little bit and it's just sore cause it's not used to running that much. It's sure. breaking itself in which was why I, I basically took the week off of running and just did walks okay. uh, the week leading up to the, the challenge. And, you know, come Friday, it was still, you know, somewhat tender. Mm -hmm. So I was like going into it going, man, if there's one thing that's going to undo me, it's going to be this foot. If it right. just gets to a point where it's like, no, we can't, you can't even put any weight on it at all. And so by the time I finished the Saturday runs, did my event, and did the 1 a.m. run. Mm -hmm. After the 1 a.m. run, it was kind of at a place where I was, man, I guess it was actually before that. It was, I first got the thought, I think, after our fourth run, and I was like, man, 
don't know if my foot's going to make it <laughs> through this whole weekend. Right. Like it's, it's not feeling very good right now. <laughs> and then after the, but I kind of just like mentally was like, just keep pushing, keep pushing. Right. But after the 1am Sunday run, mm-hmm. I was like, geez, I don't know like how many more of these I can do. Like mm. it's not just like a, you know, there's a throbbing pain. Sure. It's a throbbing pain cause it's spreading throughout the foot and the ankle, but it's also acute. So every step I took was like a little jolt of electricity going through. Wow. I'm like, I don't know if I can do any more of these. Mm-hmm. But, you know, part of it too was, you know, <laughs> we talked to you about coming on here to discuss the whole like oh, no, it's my process <laughs> of it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to feel really stupid if I show up for that podcast Monday night and was like, well, you know, I gave him my best effort, but uh, I didn't quite finish the whole challenge. But, you know, gosh darn, I gave it the old college try. I'm like, no, if I'm going to show up to do this podcast, I have to show up having completed the challenge. I love it. That's accountability right there. So from the Sunday morning run, it was just, you know what, this really kind of sucks, but whatever it is, if I got a hobble and like I said, I just kind of half walked, half ran the rest Mm. of them. I'm like, whatever I got to do, if I got to walk every single one and it takes me an hour and a half, I just got to, I got to complete it at this point. Even just for like my own mental, like, Hey, you faced this obstacle, this hurdle Mm. and you overcame it and you completed and you didn't quit. That for me was the biggest thing was like, you just didn't quit. Right on. How, how sticky were you guys or how, how easy is it to maintain proper form while you're running? Cause I know there probably is a form that maybe keeps you, keeps you pain free oh, or keeps you safe. Oh, let me jump in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Mike, I will say is obviously a lot more well versed in proper running form than I am. I mean, I'm a hockey player, so we skate kind of like bent over. Our running let it form... be known. I'm not an expert or a medical professional. So <laughs> yeah. anything I say is just experience and theory he's he's a lot more research like he's actually done due diligence to like read running mm-hmm. like books and, and watch run mm-hmm. like people that would be running professionals you know ultra marathoners and sure. stuff and hear their lessons on how they you know complete those events and i've never done anything like that and mike took a video of me from behind on one of our runs oh, yeah. and showed it and <laughs> I look because, you know, I'm, I'm jogging along, but I'm not lifting my feet a whole bunch because right. I'm trying to lessen the impacts on my feet. And I look like an old man gliding across <laughs> the pavement. Like I'm kind of hunched over, I'm leaning forward. And there was times, you know, I would try to like, you know, stand more upright, mm-hmm, better sure. posture, shoulders back, running in a better, you know, form and technique. Mm-hmm. But at that stage of the game, I, my feet were just hurting so much that I was just like one, like right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. And Mike has this video and I look like a 90 year old hunchback man, just like, <laughs> uh, oh, just gliding, just, you know, like the, you know how they, sh- they shuffle across the living room. Sure, I look sure. like that, but at a slightly faster pace, <laughs> just like short steps, knees, not too high. Yes, yeah. exactly. But you know what running, knowing what good running form looks like. I always respect the people that I can see putting in miles and they've got awful form because I go, I always look at them and there's a part of my subconscious that goes, that's a trooper because I know he hurts after every run (laughs) and he's still out here doing it. Like, you know, 
to anyone that's maybe trying to get a tip off of a, a, a podcast about a running challenge, it's like posture is so important, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and shoulders back doesn't mean shoulders up. It means mm. like relaxed and down, but it, it more means opening your chest up mm. and keeping your chin down is a big one. A lot of people, okay. um, you know, over the last year, I've had a lot of people, you know, join me on different runs and stuff. I, I try and keep a lot of gear so that when someone expresses interest, I go, hey man, winter running is the best. Yeah. You know, people go, you're crazy. And I go, come try it. I guarantee you'll be hooked. And right. I have yet to see somebody that's come winter trail running with me that hasn't, went, you know, message me a week or two later. Dude, I just got winter running shoes. Like this is my favorite thing. All of a sudden they're geared up. Um, but one of the things I always hear complained about is like the trap pain, neck pain, back pain that comes from running, which is not something that you'd expect no. because you're running, you, you think legs, Sure. but all that stuff contributes. Obviously how you strike the ground makes a difference, but, um, when your neck, you gotta like, keep in mind you, your head is heavy mm-hmm. and you're carrying mm-hmm. that around. And every time you take a step, your, your head is bobbing up and down. Okay. So if your spine and your neck isn't aligned properly, it's mm. stacked on top of itself, mm-hmm. you know, you're neck muscles are essentially yanking your head back every time you take a step and sure. it, it, can, it can be hard on your back mm. hard on your neck um and there's a whole kinetic chain all the way from the first toe that touches the ground mm. you know there's you, you get obsessive about it running I've, I've gone from heel striking to toe striking now i kind of go a little more flat and like all those things become cues as you kind mm. of go through one injury after another <laughs> And when you start to feel pains in certain spots, you get these cues of like, oh, this hurts. Right. That means I gotta, that means I'm doing this. I need to adjust. Hmm. Um, but that comes with experience, right? Sure. And Jeff was just, it wasn't the time to teach. It was Jeff, get it done. <laughs> just get we, through it. I did, I did go digging through the, the um, storage and found him some kind of arch supporting insoles to try and help the. Uh, okay the ankle a little bit i don't know did that help much you think over time or was it maybe I, a mental placebo i think it did help a little bit because it changed uh, somewhat the pressure point in my foot w- where i was making contact yeah. so it helped it to not make such solid contact on the outside of my foot where right. the the real pain was coming from it helped mm-hmm. it kind of adjust and put a little bit more contact point to the inside of the foot, yeah. which I think did help. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was that was a good, um, you know, and that's something that if I'm going to go into doing more and more running, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to kind of look into like, okay, what's my gait? You know, maybe go to one of those you know running store companies that yeah. can kind of like right. analyze your gait and tell you like, okay, well you step hard this way, this way, you need to have this kind of a, an insole, you need to have this kind of a shoe because it's going to be the best type of shoe for you for putting mm-hmm. on lots of miles and that kind of thing. Right. You know, in some sense, it's like we're built to run. Like our body's like, that's how Absolutely. we evolve. But is there... Okay, so that's good to know because is some people believe that maybe it's just needless wear and tear on the body. Is that... Yeah, that's something I've heard a lot. Like running is the worst thing for your knees. <laughs> I... I you know, maybe I'm just re- reiterating a lot of things I've heard from experts, but the truth is everything that we do that isn't running is what makes running hard for your knees. Sitting uh, in a chair all day, mm. you know, your posture getting ruined. Um, mm-hmm. Because 
really what comes down, um, you know, you're, whenever you have an issue with like a, a knee or something like that, mm-hmm. a lot of times, uh, you know, a good physio once told me if you have a, the knee moves in one direction, it only goes like, okay. the, you know, it's a, it's a fixed joint. I think they call it. Okay. If you have a fixed joint problem, it's because of a mobile joint. So if hmm. your knee hurts, it's probably your hip or your ankle because those are mobile joints. They move in multiple directions. Huh. And those are what stabilize you, right? Those are what keep you from sure. the knee is just meant to go, you know, up and down essentially. Right. So when, if your ankle isn't strong enough or your hips aren't strong enough, hips being strong enough means maybe your hip flexor. Um, for a lot of people, it's glutes. And if your glutes aren't strong enough, a lot of times you're going to feel that in your knee because what yeah. happens is things get out of alignment because you're you're not pulling things in the proper direction. Mm. So your knee takes the brunt of that. So your knee that's supposed to be a fixed joint is now operating a little out of its spectrum. You start to rub in places that shouldn't rub. Mm. You get swelling. The swelling pushes on certain things and then mm. all of a sudden you have injuries. Um, so, you know, doing glute work and stuff like that is very important. You know, as humans, I mean, we're essentially monkeys evolved. Sure. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, sitting in, in chairs and the beds and stuff that we sleep in and and the lack of activity that we have maybe from a desk job. I mean that, I think that all contributes to our, the weakness in those, those points, whether it's Mm -hmm. the ankle or the, the glutes, and then you end up having knee problems and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I I would agree. We're built for running, but we're, we're conditioned for sitting. Yeah, sadly. So what's the, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, part of our um, human nature and and it's an evolved part of our genetic coding, if you will, is humans always seek the path of least resistance Mm -hmm. because if you go back generations upon generations, we needed to find out better ways to survive, easier ways to mm. get food, store food, mm. make fire, mm-hmm. build you know shelters, all those kinds of things. So we needed to find the path of least resistance in right. order to survive. Mm. Yeah. And, and like it was a necessity of life, but that genetic coding is still with us. So we still look for the path of least resistance, which in our modern day and age is playing video games, yep watching TV, going, I could exercise, but Xbox Live, my <laughs> bros are on there, yeah. right. you know, whatever it might be. And, you know, part of, you know, Mike's talking about sitting in a, a desk, you know, for a lot of people's work is sitting in a desk, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the guys that are working, you know, the trades and construction, you know, shout out to those guys <laughs> that still do manual labor. Sure. Yeah. But part of what that does is it causes our hip flexors too, especially to shorten over yeah, time. Interesting, absolutely. Which then pulls your your um, your quad muscles tight, hmm. which then pulls the little ligaments and tendons in your knee tight, hmm. which can then cause them to become imbalanced, which is where you can get some knee injuries from. Because you know, as Mike was saying, you get rubbing or pulling in different areas that it shouldn't be, hmm. which causes then wear and tear over the years because your knee is rubbing in an area that it's not designed to rub. Sure. There's no protection. There's no, what is it? The, 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 the shield. It's like, there's like the, within your knee, there's different cartilage and different meniscus. like, yeah, like meniscus and stuff yeah. like that, where if your knee's not in alignment, it's going to rub in places where it doesn't have those protective, yeah. you know, covers and stuff mm. and it's going to wear out faster. 
And so, yeah, it all comes back, you know, a big part to me is the path of least resistance, which is why I kind of wanted to do something that was hard just to kind of, sure. you know, like, hey, what's the path of least resistance here? Well, it's not to run 50 miles in 45 hours. <laughs> you know, that's the path yeah. of hard resistance. Absolutely. It's the path of mo- most, most resistance. <laughs> exactly. You know it, it, it's exposed some things. So clearly, you know, whatever, uh, you know, I know Jeff got an x-ray today to kind of figure out what's going on with his foot. Right. It's going to expose something. He's going to find mm. something out. I've had a handful of injuries. Every injury that I've had has exposed a weakness in me. Okay. That I've went, oh, this is something I can either work on or not. Mm. Um, you know, we, 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 we've all had those friends, you know, you get together at a, a gathering of some kind and mm. how's it going, man? Oh, you know, I got this knee issue. And a lot of times I'll be like, oh, so like, what's the issue? What's the plan? Kind of. And, and the feedback is... I don't know, doctor says there's nothing I can do or I'm taking these drugs, you know, or mm-hmm. rest, ice, compress, elevate, you know, sure. cu- cut off the circulation and put this poison in your body. <laughs> that's, that's what our medical pr- practitioners are telling people. Right. Sure. And you know, when you're swollen, you know, there's some merit to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done that <laughs> today for sure. Yeah. You were saying, <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I'm sitting here right now with it elevated, but you know, long term, that's not a solution, you know, mm-hmm. the, it, it's been injured because something's weak. So are you going to address that weakness or right. not? And you only find out those weaknesses by pushing past these, these barriers and, and trying to do things that are uncomfortable. Right. And, uh, you know, Jeff made a great point, um, kind of about this podcast of like, Oh, I said I was going to do this podcast. I have to finish. And, you know, we're posting on social media, mm-hmm. you know, the whole time. And yep. there's that, whether it's the humble side of you or the narcissistic side of you, I don't know which side it is, but it kind of says like, nobody cares. And you know, you'll hear people kind of criticize posting stuff, you know, about, Oh, look at me. Um, Right. You know, we're Mr. Fitness. Right. For you. And you know, in a lot of ways it's, it's not even for other people. I think it's for us. It's you, you put something out there Mm -hmm. so that you have accountability because it's like, I'm going to do something hard. When you just tell yourself, I'm going to do something hard. It's easy to quit Absolutely. because nobody sees your failure, but you're, when you're held accountable by, you know, this podcast, um, you know, whatever community was, you know, watching us go through this struggle on, <laughs> on social media yep. or the camaraderie of just, you know, two guys, you know, we, we had a, a serious moment of gratitude after this going like, dude, I don't think, I don't know if I would have finished it without having, you know, a comrade right there mm-hmm. going through it with me to kind of go like, I know you're hurting. I'm hurting. We're still doing this, right? Yeah, we're still doing it. Let's Struggle, go. buddy. Yeah, Struggle, Struggle buddy. buddy. If you're enjoying this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And now back to the conversation. I was going to ask that question and you touched on is like, do you think if you'd been doing it alone, you would have got through it? Like, would it have been easier for you to quit Jeff and say, well, my foot is fucked. Like I can't. It's a tough one to answer because I want to say, I feel like I would have still finished, but it might not have been as graceful <laughs> okay. as, as it was. I like, because I'm stubborn and I told people I was going to do it. I feel like right. I would have still finished, yeah. but there is that element that was like, Hey, if you're just by yourself, it's a lot easier to, to then just like send out that message like, hey, you know, I was trying to push through it. My foot was blowing up. It was, it was not being agreeable. Mm-hmm. 
and I just I couldn't finish because it just seems like there's something really wrong with it. Mm -hmm. So I just I can't go on anymore. Mm -hmm. That was probably a lot more likely to happen <laughs> if I was doing it on my own. I'm not saying it necessarily would have happened, but there's a lot higher chance of that mm. happening without that you know struggle buddy. Right. And the necessary things along the way as well. I think you know we started every run right at the timeline. Mm -hmm. I think there was a few that were maybe five, six, seven minutes, mm -hmm. you know, past the nine o'clock, the one a.m. Um, but for the most part, it was kind of, you know, we both hit the kitchen and we both knew what we had to, you know, ingest, whether it was an energy gel or whatever. We had this kind of heat pack that we were kind of swapping, um, you know, putting on the joints to kind of heat sure. them up because, I mean, when you've been doing all that running, you lay down and you don't move for two hours, all mm -hmm. of a sudden all the lactic acid just builds up. So sure. you warm it up again. Um, and then afterwards, you know, the stretching, um, you know, there was times that I didn't want to stretch or I would just forget. And then, mm -hmm. Oh, there's Jeff stretching. Shit. Right. I got to stretch. <laughs> so I'd be, you know, back in it, stretching it. I think without verbally holding each other accountable, there was always one mm -hmm. of us at least doing the right thing. And even for pacing, um, especially in the first couple of runs, you know, I think a reason that we kept getting faster was, you know, we, we just kept kind of not consciously, but mm -hmm. kind of pulling each other forward. It's kind of like the thing with, you know, if one horse can pull, I don't, I don't know what the actual math is, but it's, you know, one horse can pull this much, mm -hmm. the other horse can pull this much together. They can actually pull more than those two added together. I guess so, 2000 and yeah. And Depending you know, that's which breed of horse. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, Mills, I think. It, it okay. kind of felt that right. way. It, it kind of felt like, you know, because there was two of us, we could definitely collectively do more than like each of us on our own. So, yeah, it's one of those, like the sum of the whole is greater than the parts individually. Yeah. Interesting. Something like that. There's a, an A, B and a C and that C comes Mm -hmm. from the synergy from the mix mm -hmm. i wanted to jump in on something real quick mm -hmm. you know mike had mentioned how you know we're posting this stuff on social media yeah you know more is like a form of our own self-accountability mm -hmm. and how, how some people might be like oh well, you know these fitness you know guys are just like yeah showing off and bragging and blah 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 mm -hmm. and i just want to touch on that because sure. i'm not the fitness person right now mm. like in, in my past life yes like i was a college athlete played hockey in university mm. was in very very good shape but the last several years like i was telling mike i started running again february 11th this year okay i don't think i've ran since for over a year before that wow Insane. And I haven't been to, like, we went to the gym for about three weeks together in November yep. before the lockdown, just kind of lifting some weights and stuff like that. Right on. That's the only workouts I've done in the past 12 to 18 months. Yeah. So hmm. I'm not coming into this as like the specimen of fitness, like six pack abs, <laughs> you know, benching double my body weight or anything like that. Like right. I'm a regular dude at this stage of the game right now. Yeah. Hmm. You know, my goal is to get in progressively better shape because you know health is a value of mine and fitness has to do with health a lot of people will be sure. like well you don't need to like 
look a certain way to be healthy, which is true, but generally if you're exercising and eating properly, you end up looking better as a byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be, you know, your main focus because that becomes just vanity. Right. But, you know, fitness is a value and fitness is important for your overall life longevity. But yeah. I'm not coming into this challenge <laughs> as, you know, the pinnacle of fitness. I started running February 11th. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. I did 2.8 miles my first run and it took me like I think it took me like 45 minutes, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And then our runs over this weekend when I started out before my foot blew up, we were running them at like 42 minutes mm -hmm. for four miles sure. yeah. instead of 40 good. some minutes for 2.8 mm -hmm. miles. So I kind of progressed through the three weeks by just every day I ran, mm -hmm. no matter what, it was minus 34. I got to run, mm -hmm. you know, it was rainy or not rainy, but like it was melty and mm -hmm. kind of you know, different ice is melting and then refreezing. Right. And it's kind of treacherous out there. I ran. We had a day that we got together where we were doing some, some business planning and, and kind of some business storyboarding for some projects that we have coming up. Sure. And just getting everything ready in the morning. And then we met and spent, what, six hours together? Yeah. So I didn't have a chance to run in that morning. So I ran at like 9.30 p.m. that night yep. and did like five and a half miles that night. So I just every day, and that's what a lot of people I think misunder, or yeah, misunderestimate is the benefit you can get from just doing something daily. Yeah. It elevated me so much faster huh. than doing it once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Mm -hmm. That I don't know, even with the mental side of things and just having that willingness to try to push through. If I hadn't run diligently every day for three weeks or just over three weeks, whatever it was, mm. it was uh, February 11th to like March 1st, mm -hmm. I think was right. the last day that I ran. Okay. And if I hadn't done that every day for that time period, sometimes twice a day, mm -hmm. I still don't know if I would have been able to complete it because of that. Just it really ramped me up and got me geared up to do it. So. Yeah, I don't exactly remember what tangent I was going off on there, but I good. think it started with I wasn't the pinnacle of fitness coming in. Yeah. Sure. So for people that you know maybe think that, no, it's it's more of I wanted to do something hard and challenge myself, mm -hmm. and it goes back to David Goggins, who is the gentleman that put on the challenge. The cookie right. jar, baby. The cookie jar. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's coming from a place where his races that he does are mm. like 240 miles. Uh, insane. And, and where he crazy. came from is he couldn't, you know, if you if you look into his story, he was what 300, 300 pounds, 310 pounds, something like that. Couldn't run a single mile. You wow. know, he yeah. he he was spraying roaches and he would eat like a a giant milkshake and a, a cheap burger, King, burger yeah. all the time, and and then he just decided, screw this, man, I'm going to change my life. Went out, couldn't run a mile. He was embarrassed, but that that's where he started. And it's, mm. I think people, they underestimate that. Um, the power of their potential. Yeah, because, you know, we, we put this out to a few people, put some feelers out, see if anyone else wanted to join. And everyone that said no, it, it was this, I'm not at that level. Mm. Which is just, it's, it's hilarious to me. Because, like, you think Jeff's at that level? <laughs> <laughs> like, you might be. I straight up told him, don't do it. You're not going to do it. <laughs> you're, you're gonna get hurt right and but you know what it's it's 
Jeff understands the value of doing difficult things and, and filling up that cookie jar, doing things that challenge you and, and the, how that contributes to your life. Right. And if you look at Jeff's life, if you look at his family, um, his relationship with his wife, his kids, mm-hmm. his extended family, um, his productivity, you know, he's an inspiring guy. Mm. He's a guy that gets things done. He doesn't whine and complain. And it's because he sees the value in doing hard things. And so, yeah, the lesson isn't in, hey, this is what super athletes can accomplish. Because I'm not really that big of an athlete either. I just run a lot. Um, you know, <laughs> sure. I, I would hope I'd be able to finish this, but I didn't feel like I'd be able to finish, truth be told. Hmm. Um, but the feedback that we got from a lot of people is I'm not at that level. And the truth is this challenge was put out there by David Goggins that there is no level you need to be at. Mm-hmm. If it's doing 10 push-ups every four hours for 48 hours, do 10 push-ups. Mm-hmm. And if you, at hour, you know, at, after 24 hours, mm-hmm. you can't do 10 push-ups anymore, do five push-ups and do five sit-ups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever it takes to say, you know what, I stuck it out and I stuck it through. Right. And I, you know, I, a part of me kind of weeps for the people that don't see the value in that because they're the same people that are, you know, probably dragging through life a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're finding things that shouldn't be challenging, challenging. And in COVID, things that shouldn't be challenging are more challenging than they've ever been. Mm. So it's the best time that we've ever had to find ways to challenge yourself because like, there's nothing left on Netflix for me to watch. Sure. <laughs> and like, that's depressing. You know yeah, what I it mean? Is. Like it's, um, you got to find ways to, to kind of spice it up. And I think so many people have shut down and, um, yeah, you know, when we put it out on social media, I hope that at least one person has looked at it and went, you know what? Jeez, maybe I can, I can just start running again. And maybe mm-hmm. for that person, it means like, you know, I run 500 meters, you know, once a week, you know, it's, it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and people have this all or nothing mentality sometimes I think where it's like, yeah, you're either the super athlete or you're a loser. Right. And, uh, neither of, uh, neither of us are super athletes. Neither of us are losers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just guys that try to do something difficult, um, and came out the other side and have a new level of kind of confidence and self-esteem coming out of it that I think is going to serve us in the endeavors we have coming at us the next Mm -hmm. couple of months. Where do you think that lack of, um, willingness to, to try, like, like uh, for me personally, there's times when it's like, I know my discipline is lacking Mm -hmm. and I've heard it said that, you know, motivation is one thing, but discipline is more important, right? It's like, you have Mm -hmm. to just, here's the thing that you have to do. So you just do it. Like there's no excuse. Just, just do it. You can come up with a million excuses, but did you do the thing? No. Or yes. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm wondering, because you did say like a lot of people have shut down during COVID. They just Netflix binge, whatever. But I've also heard the flip side of that. Stuff like this where people, yeah. I heard about a guy I had in here a few weeks ago. He just really improved his relationship with his son because he could be awesome. there every day, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but back to the negative side, where do you think people just, where does that, is it, is it they don't, they underestimate themselves or they've conditioned themselves to not believe that they can or... I think there's two things. Um, comfort, yeah. C- comfort for sure. It's there's momentum to it. 
Mm. Um, you know, momentum and patterns. Um, and it's, you, you just get caught into those things. Cause I think, you know, we've, we've been there, you know, just cause we finished this challenge doesn't mean Jeff or myself haven't been there where you find yourself in a hole of whether it's a bad habit, unproductivity, bad mm. attitude, whatever it may be. Sure. Um, all those things are just momentum. Um, and there's, I think you have to train yourself to just have a certain self-awareness, mm -hmm. but I think, I think a lot of it just comes from the all or nothing mentality that we have. And maybe it's social media, um, marketing, the way things are sure. shared with us, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, you're either an Adonis or again, you're a fat slob loser, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's like, no man, we're all people. Mm -hmm. We're all people. And we've got, um, our own challenges and you know what's difficult for you might be easy for me and what's difficult for me in another area might be very easy for you um, and I think people have a hard time giving themselves grace and and um, they try and it's oh it's everything's go big or go home so because right. I've seen so many friends because I'm a guy that's I'm always working out I'm always you know doing fitness stuff I tend to be the guy that people reach out and they're like hey man I'm starting to lift like we got to lift soon or something mm -hmm. like that and then a couple weeks later i'm like hey you know it's it's a saturday like i'm you know you want to join me and they're like oh i haven't worked out in like three weeks Oof. and i know exactly what happened because in that original conversation it's always this big i'm gonna do this massive thing goal i'm working I'm out twice a day sure i'm changing my meals and it's too freaking much and hmm. you have to start with little things. There you and, go. You know, the, one of the best things that I've, I've learned, especially through injury, um, is tomorrow's workout is more important than today's. Hmm. Well, what that means is that consistency is more important. So I, I try not to do things that are going to take me out tomorrow. Right. So if I'm running and I start to feel... Oh, you know, like I just don't feel on it today. It's, it's having the mentality of what Jeff had for the last 24 hours of this challenge of like, what is enough for me to get it done right. and to not have pride? Cause Jeff could have, you know, once we got to 1am Sunday, Jeff was hurting, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, that was when he was really, I could see him doing the math. You know, sometimes he was just thinking out loud to me, you know, going, I think I'm going to walk to this, this Kavanaugh sign and then this and that. And then I'd see him maybe run past it or he'd, you know, he, he would kind of switch it up and he was, he was doing the mental math of how do I do this next thing mm -hmm. in a way that's sustainable so that I can sure. do the one after. Mm -hmm. And I think people are so caught up in going big or going home. It's got to be this big thing so that I can put it on social media and people right. will give a shit and I'll get accolades. Um, or, you know, um, I, I, I'm going to get shredded in a month or I'm going to change, you know, I'm going to change my diet, my fitness schedule, my relationships, all this stuff at once. And I think you just need to pick small things and just like Jeff did, you know, he started with a little bit of consistency mm -hmm. and it ramped him up to the point where he's able to complete this challenge, you know, but he, 
throughout this weekend has been 100% realistic. His ego never got in the way. Mm. It was never about how he was going to look on social media, especially because I like I. How, how, how often did <laughs> I walk? He torched me. You know? He torched you. <laughs> and it's, it's not to brag. Again, I no. run enough that I, sh- I should be able to realistically finish this and realistically probably be less injured than I am. Um, but he could have, and I could see a lot of people letting their ego get in the way and mm. go, oh, I'm going to keep up with Mike. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. And then take themselves out. And I've seen so many people do that that have started running with me you know they've gotten into running they got excited they start trying to get to my level that i've been running for about five years now i've gone through a lot of programs a lot of learning and i'll kind of say man just slow down like you know no i can do it and then they go too hard they get hurt or they get too sore so they take a week off and Mm -hmm. that week off leads to they haven't run in a year they haven't done something for a year so i think people they set unrealistic expectations for themselves Mm -hmm. um, and they don't forgive themselves when they fall short. Hmm. It's well said. There's something like your personal best is the best. There's no point in me doing your personal best because what good is that? Exactly. It's not not even relevant to me. Yeah. It's corny, but you, you can only be a second class somebody else. You can only be the best you, right? Hmm. Corny as hell, but man, is it true? I think people get caught up in it, man. It's like, and part of it's social media culture. Maybe you could say there's even pornography may have a role in that or marketing or whatever it is that we've built this. Uh, we're striving for something outside of ourselves. Always, always, always to be that, to have that, to do that. When it's like, why don't you just do one thing better than you did it yesterday? Yeah. And I love what you were saying, Jeff, about the consistency and just like, like you say, you're not the picture of, you're not peak. <laughs> Neither am I, by the way. But it's like, put five more pounds on the bar this week. Put... You know, just do that every fucking week. Like, do not stop and and don't take or just keep lifting the bar as is. Every, sure, every but day of the do week. it every week. Yeah, and don't bite off more than you could chew. And just mm-hmm. but it, it's the doing it regularly, isn't it? I, Absolutely, I would say. So to jump onto kind of a, a societal thing, we were kind of talking about it a little bit earlier about why don't more people mm-hmm. push themselves and things like that. There's a quote from uh, Socrates that I saw a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, okay. and it kind of has just been like stirring in the back of my head over the last little while. Right on. And it says, no citizen has a right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. What a disgrace it is for a man to grow old without ever seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of hit me when I saw it because so many of us are just comfortable to just not push ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to, we kind of touched on it, but didn't really get into it before is our society, our culture is one that we don't need to be in good shape Mm -hmm. to do well. The dad bod life. The The dad dad bod bod. should never have been allowed to be a thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) And we just, you know, we're so spoiled in our first world settings here. Mm that you know you go back generations you had to be in good shape to get things done mm-hmm. you know you're on the family farm sure you got to work sun up to sundown to make sure your farm is productive so you can sell your produce your cattle whatever it is you're doing to make money for the family or even going before that 
when you're a hunter-gatherer, mm -hmm. you're a nomad traveling across the land, you have to be able to hunt down animals, right. pick berries and, and herbs for hours and hours on end in order to survive. And fight off invading... Fight off invading tribes. Right. I mean, you didn't have the luxury to not be physically competent. Mm -hmm. And it's a luxury that we have now. You even go to other countries, a lot of countries in the world, you still don't have that luxury to not be physically competent. Mm. You can be physically not really competent in Canada, in the United States, and still make a good living, Definitely, still have a good house, obviously have lots of food to eat, as <laughs> no you know, exemplified by your physical incompetence. Right. And I mean, it's not necessarily a popular topic to touch on, but I think there's a, a lot to be said for being consistent in areas of just your body, your health, mm -hmm. just trying to improve yourself a little bit at a time and being consistent at it. Mm -hmm. That discipline will bleed over into other areas of your life. You start valuing yourself more. Mm -hmm. You're going to start valuating, valuing other people more your kids, your mm. spouse, your coworkers, your community, because you now hold yourself in a higher esteem, you're gonna look at everyone else and go, wow, they have value as well. Because now, it, and it's the corny thing that people talk about is like, <laughs> you can't really love other people unless you love yourself. It's true. And I think part of that is taking care of yourself. Mm. How do you truly take care of other people if you're not taking care of yourself? Mm -hmm. Because even if you're trying to do stuff to help other people, if you're not taking care of yourself, whether it's your mental health, your physical health, your relationships, eventually you'll get exposed as a fraud and people won't yep. take you seriously anymore. Because they'll be like, well, they're giving me advice, but like their life in this area is kind of a mess. Right. So right. how heavily am I going to weight their advice? And I'm not saying people need to be you know, a Marine where every single piece of their life is in order and you know their boots are spit shined every morning <laughs> sure. and their and bed is And that's the problem, right? In. People think I, I need to be a Marine or nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it, it's, there's different levels. You have to learn to love yourself for where you're at. And this kind of self-love revolution that we're in, I think people are like, we've taken away failure a little bit. We've, we've taken away that, that aspect of um, it's like you're good enough mm. just you're good enough the way you are mm. and that's true but that doesn't mean you can't be better mm. and as you strive to be better and you hit failures and you overcome you find this self-love <laughs> in that kind of journey rather than sitting in place where you're at right. and I think a lot of people lie to themselves and kind of say oh I know I'm, I'm good where I'm at but it's really just fear of facing the fact that they're not good where they're at and, mm -hmm. and making an adjustment and, and going through the work. Um, and you find that once you fate, come face to face with something that you, you know, aren't okay with, like Jeff said, he values fitness, but he wasn't doing a ton of it. Sure. So it wasn't a value. It was an ideal. Um, and he went, I want to make this into a value. So he, he took steps, he took them day by day and now he gets to reap the benefits of it. But it took him probably looking in the mirror. I'm sure you did one day and you just went, you know what? I value fitness and I'm not really doing it as much as I 
would like to be. Mm -hmm. You know, w when I was working in my previous job situation, working 300 and some hours a month, I mm -hmm. kind of used it as an excuse to be like, I just don't have time. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to work on my fitness. When in the reality, I could take 20 minutes in the morning, do some air squats, do some push-ups, sit-ups. 15 minutes. Things. Like who doesn't have 15 minutes? <laughs> you can get a great workout in in 15 you minutes. Can. And you so really I was, can. I was using that as an excuse to not be consistent and not be disciplined. Mm. And I just kind of in February was like, man, I'm sick of using excuses for why I'm not right doing certain things. And just, I'm just going to change. And it just was happenstance that it was like a week or maybe eight days, 10 days after I started mm -hmm. that I saw the Goggins challenge and wanted to do that. <laughs> and you know, that bleeds into, again, like the, the cultural aspect, you know, the self love and positivity. Like, I think it's important that people are, are happy. You know, they, they love themselves. You need to love yourself in order to, like we said, you know, love other people, uh, to the, to the fullest. But there is an element of like the self love and positivity movement that, you know, not it's to be too controversial that I think is horseshit because you can love yourself for who you are as a person, mm -hmm. but not love where you are. hundred percent. Sure. Because just because you don't love where you are as a person or in your health doesn't mean you can't love who you are because who you are as a person, I think can be improved by being disciplined in, in multiple areas in your life, mm. but you should still be okay like with you maybe not be okay with where you are and, yeah. and the whole like body positivity thing there's positive elements to it but i think it's given a lot of people license to be lazy mm -hmm. and unhealthy mm -hmm. and unhealthy to a dangerous degree and i'm not saying this to try to be like holier than thou mm -hmm. like hey i didn't work out for over a year so I'm not like the pinnacle of, you know, David Goggins or sure. you know, a guy that I follow, Cameron Haynes, who runs three mm. marathons a week. Like he's insane. <laughs> I'm not in that realm of things, right. but I still understand that you need to be disciplined enough to take care of yourself because reality is if you're unhealthy at a young age, it's scientifically proven you're going to be unhealthy at an old age. You're going to die at a younger age yep. than you would have otherwise. I saw um, a statistic and I may not be a hundred percent on this. I read it a few months ago mm -hmm. that said, if you are considered obese at the age of 30, you're cutting 20 years off your life. Well, I'm considered obese. Well, I don't mean by <laughs> your BMI because that's a nonsense right. metric yeah. anyways. <laughs> By a body fat composition test, because BMI is nonsense, because yeah. it doesn't account for muscle mass or anything like that. Sure. It's it's a stupid measurement. But when you look at your body or your um your 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 fat to 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 weight ratio, sure. if yeah. you're in the obese, the, the medically obese range, mm. you're cutting 20 to 25 years off your life. Boom, just like that. If you're in that range at the age of 30. Yeah. So think of how much less time you're getting with your kids. Your you maybe not even get time with your grandkids. Right. That just seems like a tragedy to me to miss out on that much of life. Mm -hmm. So while the body positivity thing I think has made good strides in helping people not be ostracized. Yeah, you need to give yourself at, grace. Yeah, and if, if someone's at the gym and they're heavily overweight and people are laughing at them, 
Like, you should smack those people yeah, in the head and be like, what's, what's wrong with you? You should be encouraging them <laughs> to, to make good changes in their life Absolutely. and being like, hey, let me come beside you and, and do some reps with you to encourage you along. Like, right. you shouldn't be making fun of people because they're trying to make a good change. That just yeah. seems stupid. Like, you're not a good person. But if you're saying, hey, I'm 150 pounds over, overweight, but hey, no one can tell me what to do, mm -hmm. blah, 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 like all these things that are put out there. I just think you're, you're wrong. I think you're, you're going to be a burden to society as you get older and a burden to your family as you get older because they're going to have to be your caregivers and either financially or physically take care of you unless you make some serious changes. And so I'm not trying to get like super controversial here, but it's just <laughs> something that I'm passionate about because I want people to live a good, prosperous, healthy life. Yeah. And I care about people as a whole, no matter where you're coming from, what your background is, and if you buy into this mainstream narrative that healthy at every weight is real, you're, you're fooling yourself. Right. You need to get, you don't need to be a six pack ultra marathon triathlon runner to be healthy. You don't yeah. need that. Don't get that image out of your head mm -hmm. as the ideal for health and fitness, but you need to be at least in a healthy range. And you wherever you are, healthy stance, mm -hmm. wherever yep. you are. Well said, Jeff. There's a, there's a reason you got there and you have to, you have to be able to not beat yourself up and go, okay, this is who I am. Right. I'm a result of the choices I made. And there's certain genetics that come into play. Of course, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. two people, if the three of us at birth ate the exact same meals, had the exact same fitness regimen, and then right. we're the ages we are now, we would still have different body types at this table. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but it's a matter of going, you know, I've reaped what I've sown yeah. um, and going, I want something better. It's going to take time. It's going to take a little bit of effort. Mm. Um, but you find that that little time and that little effort can, man, it can just magnify and um, multiply and, and, and cause such a, a positive ripple effect in your mentality, your relationships, everything else that... You know, there's a lot of truth to what Jeff says. If we take that away from people, we take those benefits away from people mm. as well. Of just saying, you're fine where you're at, you don't need to do anything else. And if that's the case, then why are any of us here? <laughs> it's a great question. And I think I've been thinking about that Socrates quote where, as you said so nicely, it's like, how dare you? How dare you take what you've been given and how dare you throw away the values that we've built our society on and just tell me that anything is okay, right? That's what, that's what this has been in the last few years, and especially it's really ramping up now where like the values have just been flattened. And now it's like, yeah. everybody's fine. Everybody th what everybody says is right. And I even raged about that on this podcast once, and I just said, fine, whatever you think is right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you think is right, fine, but so what? Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? And exactly. if you're still, if you're, if you're in shit and your life is not going well, well then you better re-examine your thoughts and your values. What are you gonna do about it is the ultimate question. Right. You know? Because yeah, you can't change the past. Anything that's going on, this guy shouldn't have done this, and I'm here because this person, and mm. blah, blah, boo-hoo. Never once looked. What yeah. are you going to do about it today, tomorrow, mm -hmm. the next day, the next week, for the rest of your life, so that all these boo-hoo moments can turn into something great, mm -hmm. right? Can I just say, if you have a group of friends that are just only telling you that you're great and you don't need to change anything, you don't need to improve anything, those are terrible friends. They're not your and friends. And you should find new friends because none <laughs> sure. of us are, are really great. None of us 
have everything in order. Mm -hmm. None of us don't have things that we need to change and improve on. But if your friends are just like, you know what, you're great, you're awesome. Like, don't worry about this, don't worry about that. Like, you're just, you're just tremendous. Mm -hmm. You know why they're saying that? Because if you make the decision to change and improve, it exposes their unwillingness to change and improve. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's like crabs in a bucket. When one crab <laughs> tries to crawl out, the other crabs yeah. just try to pull them back down. Mm -hmm. And you if your it. friends are all telling you that you don't need to change anything, you're perfect the way you are, then they're probably losers. And <laughs> not to get too emotional, or they're, or they're liars. friends that are willing to push you, because if they're not willing to push you, it's because they don't want to push themselves and they don't want to be exposed as complacent uh, people that mm -hmm. aren't willing to strive to be better and improve anything in their life. And they're willing to just let life come at them. Mm -hmm. And whatever happens, happens. They have no control over where their life goes. They don't control whether their life gets better or worse. Just, hey, life is just life. There's nothing I can do about it. And if that's your group of friends, you need to find new friends because they're not going to help you get anywhere in life. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're lying to you, right? And, and you know, the last thing I want as a friend, if I'm speaking ignorantly to my wife in public, mm. and they go, ah, you're fine, man. Like, I want a friend that's going to say, hey, man, you should be more respectful to your wife. I want, I want someone that's going to check me, right? Mm. Someone that's mm -hmm. going to, as a, I think being a good friend means seeing the potential in someone and wholeheartedly, oh, yes. um, seeking ways to birth that potential in the other person. And sometimes you're going to misstep, you know? Yep. Um, but if you're good friends with uh, another person, you know, if I call Jeff out, Jeff calls me out, we call you out, vice versa, you know, um, it's, you're exposing weaknesses and you're, you're, yep. you're, you're challenging someone to look in the mirror and do something. And, you know, I, I think if we take that away from ourselves and our friendships and our society, then like you said, our values just fall flat. Yep. And then what? Well, then what? And I, oh man, I, that's something I've shied away from as a friend is like, because there's been times where I gave friends bad advice and then I felt bad because they acted on it and it didn't really work out, <laughs> you know? So there's that side of it. But so is there a right way or a wrong way to push people? Is it, is it? Leading by, I've tried more to lead by example. You yeah. know, I've got a friend who maybe he's not really going for it, so I go for it and I talk all about it. Yeah. Maybe is that? Yeah. I, I think I think leading by example is great, and you know, I, I also think making sure you have a safe place to land mm. when you um, when you give people advice, um, asking for permission. You know, that's a, mm. that's a huge thing. Um, asking for permission and acknowledging that it's just your perspective um and unless it's super egregious <laughs> right then yeah. you might need to be like hey bro like mm -hmm. that's not acceptable but if it's just something that you're kind of noticing mm -hmm. like mike said ask permission like hey man i've kind of been noticing something are you okay if i kind of share my thoughts mm -hmm. about it you also don't want to nitpick your friends there's one of our uh, old co-workers he had a great phrase that i love it's every friend gets one flaw <laughs> one sure. major flaw. Okay. So we all have that one friend that, you know what? When he drinks, he goes a little too hard. <laughs> you know, we all have that one friend that, uh, you know, his social buffer is a little off. We all have that one friend that, uh, you know, th there's these little quirks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost a part of their character. It's almost a part of who they are. 
and as long as that person is aware of it, they go, yeah, I'm the loud guy or, right. you know, I'm, right. I'm the tell it like it is guy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You have to let that friend be who they are in that one quirk. Okay. Um, especially if they, if, if they're aware of it. Um, mm. you know, I, that's one of the best things that I've ever heard was that, yeah, every, every friend gets one major flaw. Um, because I, I think there's something with your friendship and we can probably all attest to it. We all have that one thing about us. That's, you know, me, I'm, I'm just an intense person. Sometimes <laughs> and so people always say like, you're just intense. I go, that's me. So, you know what, for me, if you're going to be my friend and you can't accept my intensity, mm-hmm. um, we're probably not going to be friends, right? You're, you're going to have to accept that about me. So if you're going to be my friend, you're probably going to have one major thing that's pretty wild. But the thing is that major flaw is, um, in a lot of areas, it's going to be your biggest strength as well. Mm-hmm. And I find your biggest strength is always your biggest weakness. So, Interesting. you know, I'm very intense and analytical and serious about a lot of things. And that can sometimes be to a detriment. Um, but in a lot of ways that's carried me forward. Um, you know, I see, um, a lot of people that are very, they're servers. They really, they, they care so much about the people around them and mm-hmm. they, from day to day, they carry the weight of other people and they're so compassionate. If you talk to any person that knows that person, they'd say that's one of the most amazing, caring human, mm. human beings. But that person, those people, especially with that quality, typically beat themselves up a lot. They, they kind of go, oh, I'm just I'm such a piece of shit because they're so desperately trying to make everyone else happy that they don't know how to make themselves happy. So again, biggest strength, biggest weakness. Um, and yeah, I think as a friend, that's, that's a, a, a good mentality and philosophy to have is, you know, if you have to allow your friends to have their quirks, mm-hmm. but yeah, if it's something that's going to lead them down a path of destruction, you know, there is a time to have a serious conversation and, and sometimes there's a time to let people go. Right. There's, there is. You have to know when that, when that time comes. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I know we gotta, we gotta ice our knees and ice our feet and <laughs> ice whatever else is aching. I, this was great because I dragged my ass a bit today, so to, it, this inspired me to get up tomorrow and <laughs> go a little harder. I don't know if I'm gonna join you on the next 50 mile challenge, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> next year, you got a year to build up. to Okay, it. you give yeah. me a year. Yeah. Jeff, Mayer. it's been laid down. <laughs> okay, okay, it's here on, on microphone. It's been laid down. Okay, all right, I can I can dig it. Jeff Marin, Mike Shuchuk, thanks guys. You're an inspiration. Love it. Thank thanks you, for Patrick. Having us, Patrick. Right yeah, on, boys. Great. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.